And welcome back. Welcome to another night of Late Night Cruising. I'm your host, Rick Easley, with uh, my very delicious, all the way from... Brian underscore Thick Bear. I can't do the intro. I can't even do the intro already. I'm going to do the intro. So again, I am Brian underscore Thick Bear. This is Rick. I'm a top Easley. And we are Late Night Cruising, going in about all of our opinions of gay sex parties, gay cruising, gay culture, and our favorite new quote, men pay us to Google where the sex is. I love that, Rick, for our, that is a Rick Easley original. But also, we are, we would like to put out there our, just in the beginning and the end, like we always used to do, we're putting out our shameless plug. Of course, you can find Brian underscore Thick Bear on Twitter to Instagram to OnlyFans, just fans. Come see me do weird things with my foreskin. You're welcome. But with Late Night Cruising, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on our and that's, website. And that's Late Night Cruising with a late, late Night C, Cruising, C-R-U-I-S-N. And on Instagram is Late Night Gay Cruising. No G-A-N. And for our website, which is just latenightcruising.com, we have new. very exciting news of what we are coming out with. Which are we going to talk about that a lot today, Rick? Yes, uh, it's our it's our new page, our new subscription site. So it's a great way to support the podcast if you love us. Well, it's not only supporting the podcast. I really want to say what I want because I. I want everyone to know about why we're doing this. I really mean this. I yes. feel that I'm giving Rick Easley a big compliment here because I'm so proud of him. And I have so much yes, yes. gratitude and thankfulness that me and Rick are on the same page with this. It's not about the money. We're doing this because we love it. And because me and Rick, the entire time that we really have been diving into doing this, this, this paid subscription, it's because what did we keep on saying last night? We had a six-hour business meeting. <laughs> and me and Rick kept on saying we were picturing ourselves on the street corners of New York City. Not working, but enjoying this. But the thing is about what we want. So the thing is what I'm trying to say is this site is not about us trying to do a quick, get rich quick scheme. This is about, I wish we, I would have found this site. Because again, as we're, the, it's not just the podcast and all the same things we talk about in the podcast, all the same things that have always been available to you on the website. It's more than that. We're literally listing when you're when you're in a city visiting, you type in gay cruisy spots. It's all listed. So instead of you spending three hours online looking for where's there a glory hole, where's there a good glory hole, where is there a gay cruisy sex party, where is there an underground sex party? Everything's right there. And the thing is we're also putting out there other websites that are good. Oh, I put that in our notes. We're gonna talk about that today. Things like uh like uh, uh, Sniffy's, uh, sniff, I always say it. Sniffy's, Adam for Adam. Um, we talked about. Um, before we go into the subject, let 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 our listeners get caught up on what's been going on with this. So for me, uh, I moved to a, a nice little, but nice little apartment uptown with one of our co-hosts, Mr. Chris Avalon, yeah. and another roommate. <laughs> He's in the back, and. Um, much better space. Um, I'm in a like been busy working and trying to get things in order. And well, hold on, hold on. When I, 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 I know I said I listen, everyone knows I'm pushy. I have to again give more compliments to Rick Easley. Rick Easley has been creating this amazing fucking I'm just obsessed. I'm so obsessed with it. This 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 uh, site, the work they 
website. He's literally bringing sex to everyone's fingertips at every single gay city, gay towns, gay places. Basically, with this not site, all of them, but I'm, I'm working on it. Not all of them, I'm working on it. But, but <laughs> Dude, you have things you that you put the already city, in there. Patient, Rick Easley has literally put there. in hours of not only work, but the thing is he's constantly updating the up, up, up in it. So if he sees all of a sudden that there's a review about, again, I, you know, I always use glory hole. A glory hole, Rick Easley is putting up there first. So the thing is, if you're looking for, you know, we can say, we realize this, it's public domain, they can't get us. Rick Easley is going to be putting up things about which New York sports club sauna steam room is open and which one is the most cruisy and where there was a gangbang and things of that nature, where if you were on your own Google searching gay cruisy sports, uh, like, you know, New York sports club, gay cruisy, you know, uh, steam room saunas. It would take you hours before you got lucky enough to come across that Google search of, oh, I went and got a blowjob at the New York Sports Club on 49th Street, where because of this site, you can literally go and within seconds see them and see updates and Yelp and comment. And when I say Yelp, Rick Easley and myself are the Yelp because we're going to be putting in not just a cruisy area, this is good, this is great. No, this is exactly what it is. It's not about being nasty. It's not about being mean. It's about saying what it is. Because the thing is, one man's yuck is one another man's, man's yum. One uh, of my favorite statements well, from Matthew. Thing too is we don't want you to waste your time unnecessarily. You can be focused on something else. And it just makes it so much better when you know what's, what's out, what's available. Because nothing's worse then that last day you're headed out and you find out that it was all these things you could attend to or, or parties you could have gone to only to find out that you missed it simply because, not that you wasn't available, simply because you didn't know. And I think that's very important to um, talk about. But we also got to talk about Mr. Maselli, who has been like house hopping and just oh, gallivanting all over uh, Florida. Well, last time we did our podcast was when I was in Orlando. So was in January. Like, to New York City because, you know, sadly, the apocalypse, as I call it, you know, I had to take the next step of my life. I always said I was going to move one day to Palm Springs or Fort Lauderdale and give it a try. And, you know, my beloved cop, which I love support, will do anything for that establishment. I love them because uh, I love them there, my everything. When I say everything, I love that job, not just for the job and the money I loved what I did for a living. I loved sexual freedom. I loved body positivity, sexual acceptance. Um, but the point was, I always said if the cock was not a part of my life, why was I in New York City? Because there's nothing like the cock anywhere else. So I moved to Orlando first because I was waiting for Wilton Manor, Fort Lauderdale to completely reopen. They reopened in about October, November-ish. And then literally I moved down here in May. So I, I moved down here three months after I, I'm very, Lucky and fortunate, I am a proud member and family member of the Eagle Wilton Manors here. And um, I, you know, it's it's my brand. I work at a gay man's leather bar, which is wonderful. But there's so many, when I say differences, and I really have done a big life change, which I'm sure as we start to do the podcast again, our viewers are going to see. I look at things a lot differently with everything when it comes to sex, when it comes to men, when it comes to cruising, when it comes to not only acceptance, but you can't say you hate something until you understand it. So for example, when I moved here, I was very angry 
where now I'm not because I realized that in New York City, I lived there my entire life. So I knew every sex spot. I knew every cruising spot. I knew every, here, this is all new to me. The men are new to me, the, the ways of life, but also I feel like, and again, this is why me and Rick Easley are doing this and why we literally have been drawn back together. It shows me what the rest of the country is like and how we were so, when I say we, not everyone, but even people who live in New York City or a big gay city, don't realize that they're ungrateful for what they have. Because when you go to other places like I've been in, it's still such a difference of how gay men don't have that sexual freedom because they don't live, for example, in a city like Fort Lauderdale or uh, uh, New York City or San Francisco or Palm Street. But even I'm learning now being here, even though these are all big cities I just named, they're all so different. Mm-hmm. There's such a difference. So that I, and like... I would have something like that, especially with San Francisco when I went in 2019. It culturally, it was different. It was, it was a little freer. It was very more chill laid back. Like they, it was nothing for people to go shirtless or like barely have anything on but a jockstrap. Walk like this one guy. He literally was in a jockstrap walking down the street. Like there was no like I'm going to event. He was walking home from an event, and it was so quiet and sleepy. Like. He, he didn't start traffic, nothing happened. And it was just like the freedom of not like even look over your shoulder and worry if somebody sees you in a jockstrap. And that, it, it is funny because like I come from the Midwest where it's like you would never see something like that unless it is a very exclusive late at night, you know, on a small happen event or something like that. But just to openly see it on a, a typical Saturday afternoon, you would not see it. But that. also, think about other countries. Like, you know, I know we have a lot of listeners from other countries, because I remember once you did a poll and you were looking at all the places. We also forget that, yes, there is uh, Amsterdam and there's Berlin and, you know, the red light. Like, we do have listeners from countries that yeah. uh, are very, like, you know, free. But we forget, too, as America, and, like, you know, again, those countries I just named that are very sexual free. There are so many countries that being gay is completely not accepted. So again, it's that point of like, I, I really mean this about that ungratefulness. That when I say ungratefulness, we don't realize, like, you know, I'm gonna say, no, like, like uh, no, actually, Russia, 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 how Russia has, you know, the like that's the hardest, like, you know, and like all the gay, the, anti, the homophobia that happens there. So the thing is, as you say that story about in America, about how like, you know, the difference of gay freedom from San Francisco to, you know, Wilton Manors in New York, and then we forget we have listeners from those places like, you know, Russia and Turkey where being gay is completely not accepted in any way, shape, or form. It's like, wow. Wow, the difference. So the thing is, it's basically about putting yourself in those shoes. You know, to one man listening to us maybe from the Midwest, like, oh my God, a man is walking in a jockstrap? Like, that's like, you know, invigorating, exciting, crazy to him. But then other countries are like, you have gay bars. <laughs> yeah, you, you know like. What I'm saying like <laughs> we forget about that that lineup of of you know. Greg, I used to always say this too, like New York, you know, my home base. We forget about how lucky we are that in that small island we call Manhattan, that's so small in hindsight to other states and countries. We forget that I used to always say this as a joke. I would look at some gay man, and I would see them and be like, God, you would not make it anywhere other than New York City. Because there's nowhere in this country or the world I can really think about where you could be this flamboyant, prideful, crazy in the middle. And trust me, there's a lot of gay bastards in New York. There's a lot of, you know, even New York City, there's homophobia, you know, this. But still, it's like I would always look and be like, 
you have someone's breathe for a second, like, God, we forget how there's nowhere that you two homosexuals, and again, I'm crazy, I call everyone faggots, because I am one, so I can say, you two faggots would never be able to go anywhere else. It's like my favorite movie, uh, Two Wrong Fu. Everyone loves Two Wrong Fu. That movie was one of those examples. It, the whole movie's about how these three New York City drag queens, literally that one trip, they realized... God, we don't realize what life is like in the world. We've been in New York City for so long, living this life where we could be a drag queen and walk through Penn Station. It is funny because, like, I, I, it's been years, decades since I last see it, and now I feel like I should rewatch it again. Oh, oh please do! I, I, you know, it's so funny. I just rewatched it. That's why I also brought. I listen. I, I watch the classics. I, you know, we've done that. And I remember, we'll I remember the controversy game. around that too, because I remember the controversy around that. And how they're trying yes. to turn people gay with that movie, and because it's like these, these quote unquote, you know, hardcore butch actors are, you know, dressing in drag, and it's just like, oh my god, you know, they're making, they're mocking the gay community, or at the same time trying to turn a kid gay and all this stuff. Well, so that, that was the time when there really wasn't acceptance with gay actors. If yes. that movie was remade you or made now, because you, you couldn't really cast anybody that wasn't out. Like you, well, like, like, like there were no out actors. Probably there. like there's gay actors who would play those roles, you know, whatever. But but also I must say too, I, I what I love about uh, that movie is that the straight men, I felt my personal opinions, they and you know they they were not mocking. They took it so seriously to be drag queens. That's why I love that. But anyway, yeah. this episode is not, this episode of late night cruising is not about movies. We'll do that another time. Cause that's fun, but. Uh, the biggest thing we want to talk about, uh, well, so many things we want to talk about. You know, we're gonna see what we can get in this hour because, like I said, we're we're trying to come back right now once a week, like strong, because you know we did we took a lot of, like, a long hiatus. You know, talking about the pandemic, which is something that I feel that we're gonna be everyone's gonna be talking about for years to come. You know, the pandemic moved me to Florida and made me completely restart my life in a way. Rick Easley has moved and like you know, he's restarting his life. You know, so for a while we just, you know, we had to take a hiatus. Where now I feel both of us are in a spot where it's not just that we want to come back, but like we said again, it's about the want. There's a difference between want and need. And I really say it's, it's like I always tell people when I, people are asking about why I have an OnlyFans. I don't do that for the money. I do it for sexual freedom. I do it for fun. I do it because I love it. Because if you don't love something, why would you do it? I'm so proud to be able to go and fucking do weird shit with my foreskin on OnlyFans. But that's the thing is that if you just do it for money, it's not fun. Same thing with me and Rick with this podcast. We do this because so many people have been seeing me in Wilton Manners with the Eagle and bringing up podcasts. And so many people, like we were talking about last night, when I'm sitting there talking, they love listening to my loud, obnoxious, non-stopping voice <laughs> when I talk about gay culture and the gay community and my viewpoints and gay sex and you know freedoms. And I'm like, God damn it. I need to, we need to do this again. Because they say, too, like, oh, I listen to your podcast. And God knows Rick easily meets someone at goddamn Whole Foods and he starts talking to them about goddamn where they should go have sex. So Rick is in the same boat. <laughs> um, Before we but, get started, I also want to give a shout-out to the two parties that's happening in New York. Um, COVID at Abertrox is happening tonight on Tuesday night called Leather and Lace. Wait, and, you say that because I couldn't hear you. Uh, I won't okay, so uh, there's okay, COVID. It's technology. Yeah, it's, um, Dean Dante has a, coded, a party called Coded that's sponsored by oh. Leatherman. And so it's Coded in Queens. by Dean. He just followed me, actually, on Instagram. Dean Dante? Yep. Yes, and, he just um, followed me, and it's called 
code. Yeah, uh, presented by Leather and Lace. So he has a female, Audrey, I forgot her name, I'm sorry. But, uh, so it's, it's a co-branding party and it's Leather and Lace, which is play on the fetish of lace and leather, like soft but hard. Uh, and that's at Albatross and Queens, so that's the new Queens party Wait, happening. Oh, hold on, before we talk about the next party, can we talk about leather and lace? And can we talk about, uh, you said, oh, code. I wanted to, can we talk about The name of the party is coded. And they, their, their company, their brand between those two is called Leather and Lace. So Leather, so leather and Lace of Coded is the party. No, Leather and Lace is the name of the group presented. Pre, leather and Lace presents Coded. It's like a hanky, like they got the, the flyers, the hanky, a guy, the back of a guy in, in, in Wrangler jeans, and he's got a hanky in the back. Well, that, that's what I mean, because remember, we, talk, we always say this again again, because we both remind each other. What's common sense to you and I, we forget that yeah. other people, it's, they don't know about. I right, mean, like, like, for example, right away when you said code and leather and lace, right away, like like somebody in a ham sandwich on a Tuesday, I that's how I look at it. Where I, I again, there's something I get reminded of every day, because sometimes I'll talk fast, like when I'm talking, again, to people uh, on and, uh, about these things, like, you know, in public, and they'll, they look at me, like, sideways, because I'm speaking about, like, they know, and they're like, code like the hanky code which we've talked about many times the things that we always bring up not everyone's listening to every podcast the hanky code so many men younger than me but also even older than me they just don't know and i've had so many men in front of my face from the cop new york city to the eagle wilton manners literally take their phones out to google these codes of colors for the hanky code and the reason why i, I want to talk about this code has been it's so funny, at the Eagle Wilton Manors, they do, they call the, the Cruzy uh, Bar, because it's all different bars, the Code Bar. Now, again, when I was hired, I, because clearly we, we are disgusting, dirty pigs, I know what code is are right away. So many men, when they say, oh, the Code Bar, what does that mean? They don't know. And I look at them because I feel like that's like telling someone I didn't know what breathing oxygen was. So code is all about, uh, like, when it comes down to the hanky code, the hanky code was made originally when gay men had to secretly tell each other what they were interested in sexually and fetish-wise. But also, we used to live in this world of codes in general. Like, remember, like, under the stall, tap, tap, like, there was two taps meant, like, you know, I'm looking to suck it. Or a glory hole, when you scoop, you can't see me, you scoop your fingers around the bottom of the hole, and that means you're looking to suck dick. So when men are walking by, when they see two fingers swooping down under, that means that they're looking at something. Hole. But also, for brave souls... Glory hole uh, etiquette. <laughs> yes, when you, walk, when you walk by and you just saw a big, thick, hard cock through the glory hole, that also meant I'm looking for you to suck my dick. But the point is, with the codes, what was so fun about them was back in the day, every man knew every single color, shade, left or right. Left means uh, dominance, meaning like I want this done to me and if it's a top way where right means submissive. So example, like uh, like the light blue, that means uh, cock sucking. If you had it in your left, that means you're looking to get your cock sucked. If you have it in your right, it means you're looking to suck cock. And, then, and so, so right was right is passive and left is active. Yes. Let me write that down. And, and also, um, you just touched on something. Um, I was watching a documentary. I gotta look it up and find out what it was. But it talked about how the hanky code 
came in after the whole, I may be wrong, but like the AIDS crisis, like with AIDS and like non-sexual, a lot of bondage and fetish came out because they, they were afraid to have sex. So um, a lot of, I don't know, I don't want to say the Henke Code didn't exist before that. Well, well, you know, what I'm saying is that um, you know, the Henke Code was also made for secretness. Like there were times, so I, I, again, I have to really, uh, like, a, like a college student, I have to, I have to really uh, prove my source. But I know that there's been certain times that gay men would do things, like they would use the Henke Code for, for example, walking around New York City. Like, like, so basically, like, they would have that blue, you know, thing. So, like, if they were in some kind of, like, you know, gay cruising. It was like an international, it was like an international business, card, yeah, business card. Yes, where, where now it's like if you see a man with a blue hanky, it's like, be careful because he might be straight and he just has a blue hanky on. Like, you know, but the thing is also is uh, with the gay community, I feel like, and the reason why I, I want to stop and talk about code is because I feel that code and hankies, all these things are really starting to come back. And what I mean by come back is, you know, we talked about how the pandemic is going to change the world. And they've said this in articles about like how we're going to be like, when it's really, really all dumps, we're still kind of in it. When it's going to make the roaring 20s, people are going to be more sexually free. I feel that codes, it's also that it was exciting. It was exciting to know what people were into, but also as I feel that. And it was again, a great icebreaker. Later. It's a great, it's a, um, the Hankies is a great icebreaker. You can really, like, you don't have to, you, like, it's like a, oh, you look at somebody, you're like, oh, we're in the same thing. And it can kind of, like, start the conversation. Well, how long have you been into it? And it's a well, great also, way. I, I agree with what you're saying, Iceberg, but I also feel that we're starting to go backwards in time in a good way, where it's, it's how do I say this? It's kind of related to the code thing, but all the older generations I've always met have told me like as much as like yes like we always have been tops or bottoms we've always been dick suckers or dick suckers or you know verse we're coming back to that world where men are starting to realize I think you're hot you think I'm hot baby I don't give a flying fuck I don't care if we play tummy sticks we're gonna do this I've been noticing this men are starting to all become a little bit more versatile in that even though it's fetish and kink and dominance back in the day you really thought someone, and this is what I always talk about with public sex, public cruising, it's about the sheer lust and infatuation with people's shells that even if there's someone who's a full-blown dick sucker, when you're in the woods and like the rambles, which we'll talk about the rambles later because we always have to bring it back up, which also are things that are going to be on our prescription site that people don't know about and it's all just right there. When you see a man who's hot, you're, you're following that hot man, he's following you. When you get to the point where you're behind those bushes and your pants are down, and all of a sudden both of you push your assholes next to each other, you chuckle, you laugh, but now you're like, oh, right, we're still gonna come and make it work. You don't walk away. Where the apps, which I always say the negative, I hate scruff, grinder, all for this reason of men have put themselves in this category of labels of, oh, well, you're a top. I don't even want anything to do because I'm a top. Back in the day with the hanky code and the, the, you know, code in general, even though men followed it, men still is about the pure instinct of, I'm looking at this man on the street, he's looking at me, there's passion, there's lust. We're both clearly looking to have semen dripping on us on the street behind this lace in the piers. Yeah. Yes, I understand that he's a top and, or he's a bottom and I'm bottom, but it's still hot. You know, it's like, I always say, it's like, you know, as we, we go into that, 
it's like when we talk about cruising, and this is what people always tell me they love about me and Rick Easley's disgusting big stories. When you're cruising live, like when you go to the meat rack on Fire Island, we'll talk about it again later, we always talk about it. Men, even though you know, you, there's something about seeing another man in a public sex cruising area where it's like, ugh, we're figuring it out as we're doing it. Yeah. And it's like whether we whether we just give each other hand jobs or we just give each other head or we just jack off or jack off to each other's hand or jack off to each other's dick. Like we always there's always some way that we can get off or do something and we discover like, oh, we actually like, you know, when somebody touches our nipples or somebody touches our ass. We like like certain things we like to make out, you know, because sometimes you you don't realize but you like making out with somebody. That really turns you on, that really gets you off. So, um, but I remind me of the gay sex in the uh, gay sex in the seventies um, movie we t- um, we we talked about prior um, I mean, podcast. We we we, we could do it a was podcast that, about the uh, gay sex uh, in the seventies because uh, gay sex in the seventies is everything I'm really talking about. With like, how you, I, you know, I watched that but, movie but, twice. But I wanted, I I wanted to probably get. I wanted to say it was the what we can't convey is like there's a scene where guys are literally just standing outside the bar. They're not even inside the bar. And they just hanging out today. Next thing you know, somebody's giving head. Somebody's having day, and it's so casual and free. And it's like not everyone's engaging in it, but not everyone is like mocking or gawking it. They're really just enjoying and celebrating it, and just like like enjoying the moment of this community. Like it's like if you want to, you can. It's kind of like Folsom, which has happened this past weekend. Um, you see it a lot of well, times in the video. Well, before we talk about Folsom, though, because we're I know we're gonna talk because Folsom, you know. Uh, it just happened. Um, what, I, what I think what you're saying, what I'm saying too about sexual freedom and our gay, you know, we're gonna, because it's our main thing about today was about how our community is changing. It's not the gay bars, it's the culture and the, the, the how gay men have changed. But this all relates into that tie in, which we yeah. you know after we name. We can get started with that. Because um, we, we, we both share different viewpoints on it and. So we're well, trying before to... we do that, though, I just want to, look, look, for the listeners, the other part, the, the whole point, I just want to finish up those two parts you're talking about, because we will jump into it. The leather and lace, I love that because it's true, that's how leather and lace people used to look at it as a femme masculine thing. It's not. Lace and leather is still a masculine thing, because lace, like you said, it's the whole point of, the whole point of a lot of fetish play, a lot of power exchange. It's about the hard and then soft and when I say hard and soft like leather and lace and also it's like about the, how the, there has to be that balance it's that almost like the um, the dynamic of seeing a man that's really muscular and something that's really delicate like lace so it kind of gives you it kind of plays into the fetish of like role play and reversal and yes. and kind of like almost I don't I'm trying to think of the word like I don't want to say oxymoron but more of a like a like a, a sexual adjustment Justification of seeing something, something you normally would see on something that's soft and delicate, that's but opposed to seeing it on something that's hairy and tough and muscular and strong. So it's that it's that it's still that dynamic of seeing a guy that were a little. It shows you know like the garter belts and the um, the stockings because a lot of guys wear the stockings and um, is it a garter belt? Yeah, the garter belt, well, and like, the, and, and then it's almost like a, it's not like a, it's like a lace chap in the, in that sense. It's like a, it's like a really soft chap. Like you see guys with chaps with their ass out. It's kind of like in a sense of that, but in a different way. Well, a lot of it too, like you know, 
I mean, again, I always say this about life in general, but nothing is black and white. Everything is a gray area because the thing is, everything could be different with that man who's, it's being submissive or submission, but also sometimes it's about that whole masculinity of, you know, like I I worked with a lot of uh, straight sexual uh, doms in New York and a lot of the straight doms I worked with uh, that which through porn which were amazing, there's such a different masculinity to femininity. But when I say that, not like, and you know, again, everyone has different opinions. It's like how, like, all of a sudden, the leather community is starting to embrace, you know, femme. I see, I'm different. It's not about femme. It's about seeing that man who is earth-shatteringly the epitome of masculinity and strength, walking out in that, you know, garter belt. The thing is, he's still masculine. He's still tough. But the point is, he's showing you. It's like, you know, I hate saying this, but it's like men who wear pink. You know, like, like you know, when like you see that really tough men, I, I think that's something that's really changed in the last couple of years. And I've noticed that since I was a kid, I'm 36. All of a sudden, like, I want to say in my 20s, really masculine men, like, like bro bros, started wearing pink as it's a sign of their comfort and their sexuality. And that's what I mean about a lot of I've noticed in the gay and straight world of so many masculine men, there are these men who like to, who, how do I, they're almost butching up submissive, being submissive in a way, but yeah. I don't know, that's what I'm saying. It's more of a fuck you kind of thing, like, I'll wear, you know, you think it's, you think it's soft, uh, you know, think it's a, being a bitch and wearing pink or I think I'm soft, but I'll wear it and dare you to do something. Like, I it's, and it's, it's the pride of it, it's the yeah. pride of it, like, you know, and that's what we talk about with our community, the changing. The you know, men, you know, men used to be so proud of our sexual freedom and so proud to be, for example, like, you know, submissive in public and not be, you know, humiliated. I said this the other day, actually, at a, a gay clothing optional pool resort called Cabanas. I was talking to these men who are very fetish family, and I was talking about the difference between actual humiliation and fetish humiliation. And they kind of, I'm not sure they understood me, and we'll get more into that later because that's a whole other world and podcast. But I was saying that there's a big difference between, for example, a chastity slave walking around showing that he's locked up and his, his dick is in a cage and humiliation of pulling his pants down in the middle of Walmart where there are heterosexual men, women, children, you know, he can be arrested. It's actual humiliation, which the fetish of that, trust me, it is very hot, like for drawings and like, you know, role play and like talking, but actually doing the act that difference of humiliation and actual humiliation. That's what I think when you, what I was thinking about when you were talking about the submissive men is that when you're in, for example, I used to always say it's like the eagle, any eagle, a man would be proud to be around these men who are in the scene. What I mean by in the scene is that they're not judging, they are into the world of fetish. It's a different humiliation that a man being pants, showing the whole eagle, New York City, LA, whatever, that he's in a cage, it's not that actual humiliation because all these men are a part of the scene. So the thing is, the humiliation is actually that fetish where he's, you know, fighting the erection in his cage because the men are into it laughing. They're laughing in a way with him because it's the actual scene. Where if that happened to him at a Walmart or, again, a, you know, somewhere public, public, where people completely aren't in the scene, yes, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's many submissive men that would still get a turn on about it, but... It's actual humiliation, like a parking lot. And, you know, I, I had this man, because everyone knows I drive around naked constantly, big exhibitionist, some big, you know, God knows you see my Twitter. And 
the point is, I met a man who I wanted to watch me jerk off. Because, again, in a very submissive way, there's a lot of parts of being exhibitionist that can be submissive and be dominant. And he right away switched it to this aspect of, get out of the car and we'll fuck you right here. And he thought for a second that I was humiliated. I looked at him and I said, it's not about uh, humiliation. It's about, A, I will not get actually arrested. Two, the people walking by were women. Were, but when I say women, not women who are fetish women. Not women who are, because there's lots of uh, women who are also, like, you know, they see an eagle who are a part of the fetish community. These are fag hacks. Like, like, oh, my God, Johnny, we're going to go stand wing. These are people who would get offended, who would get upset, who would not understand. These are gay men who are not at all a part of the sexual freedom, sex positivity, fetish, kink. They would actually get uncomfortable and offended. It's not about actual humiliation it's also about respect for your audience so i looked at him i said this is not the time or place for my entertainment erection or theirs or basically no one would benefit from that so even though i know that sounds very gray because it is because trust me when you watch a drawing or a fantasy like fetish of like you know them like dragging this submissive man around showing the whole world you know he's naked it's so hot but I don't know, I, I can't explain it, but that's the whole point what you were saying about how men used to be proud to show the world that I'm a masculine man, but look at me, who knew I'm a sub with, you know, a leash on. Where now our society, when I say our society, the gay community, you see less and less of the proud muscle men who are submissive in public. And I just want to do a shout out, fuck, I'm going to say it wrong. His name, I just started following him on Twitter. His name is Jakey Boy. He has a just for fans. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's so funny. This is not a part of our plan list, but this is how me and Ricky usually roll. It's improv. This man is the most masculine, muscular, young man who is into ABDL, which is adult diaper play and role play, being submissive, and him and his boyfriend do all these, like, he's locked in chastity, humiliation, diapers, but he's proud of it because his face is shown on Twitter, just for fans, not a secret. And it's so funny that I literally just found him today and started seeing him because it relates to everything we're talking about. He's someone that used to be, like, basically in the 70s or the 80s, there was more men like him who were big, muscular, masculine, but proud to be like, yo, no, I'm submissive. <laughs> oh, no, I'm tough, and I'll fucking beat the fuck out of you. But when it comes to role play and fetish, I'm on my knees, and I'm submissive. Like, you know, and that's what's so fascinating. So many men, they're almost humiliated about their fetishes. When you go on the sex apps or fetish sites, these men, like this man, Jakey, for the most part, there's so many men who are, they can't deny their fetish. It's like being a serial killer. You don't choose your fetishes. But they literally are so humiliated that other than the man who's dominating them, anyone ever finds out that they are into this kink or fetish. Your parents is like a serial killer. Before we go more on topic of that, what was the other party that you want to bring up? Hang on a second, hang on a second. I gotta write this down, okay? Your family is like a serial killer. You can't move them. I've said this before. I really do. Serial killers, because I used to watch so much Criminal Minds, and I love it. They always said that, uh, in a way, a serial killer's killing is like almost a orgasm to them, in a way. It's, it's a release. They can't control it. There's a lot of serial killers that actually, in a way, like it's a, it, they literally look at it like a sexual fantasy. 
And the thing is, but that is, and I used to always say this because I've been in the kink community since literally I've been a 17-year-old homosexual. I think I was one of the only 17-year-olds in Long Island, New York, that I was jerking off to intense fetish porn <laughs> instead of just pictures of guys' big dicks. And the thing is, it's true, you can't control or choose your fashion. That's what they talk about in Criminal Minds so much, is that, sadly, so many serial killers, it's not that there's good people or bad people or it's a decision. There's some people it really is a chemical imbalance. There, it, it's not even, you know, they, again, the show goes, I, trust me, I watched it all 12 years. So I, I, I basically am an FBI uh, uh, agent <laughs> from all my years of watching. But the thing is, they always go off about there's so many serial killers that there's no... Basically, what they're saying is that it doesn't matter how they were raised, how they were brought up. It's like, in a way, it, they can't control it. This is who they are. Right. When I say who they are, not a bad person, it's, you know, it's a chemical imbalance. Same thing with sexual fetishes. No, no matter who you are, if you're a man who likes golden showers, which is getting pissed on, it's, again, common sense to you and me. So many people, I'll say golden showers. And I, get, I, I literally, my mouth drops. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's 2000. 21, you're telling me as a gay man you don't know what a golden shower is. Okay, chief, let's go from the beginning. Um, men used to be proud of that. Like, and when I say proud, if they were into being a dom, a, a piss top, or a piss bottom, or being pissed on, you know, vice versa, they weren't embarrassed. For now, other than a few people, which clearly are very close friends of mine, by the way, uh, men are so like, I like to get pissed on. Why? I like to get pissed on. Why? I like to get pissed on. I, I always get so upset and sad when I meet men who are humiliated by their fetish. And when I mean humiliated, I mean it makes me so sad that they're so scared of telling people. Like, you know, I used to always say, like, when I was younger, and we've talked about this, I know, before on the podcast, I used to live in a, and again, we all know, clearly I have no humility and I'm very open about everything in life, uh, especially when it comes to my even sexual adventures. But men, there used to be more men who were very similar to me in that Maybe if you find out, you find out, but we're not meant to be. That's just the way it is. But the thing is, men used to not be ashamed of it. Like, yeah, that's my fetish, so what? But also, is men used to not be judgy when it came to those fetishes. And that's what we're going to be talking about with community, because I wrote down those things. Like, you know, uh, hold on. Before we dive in, can you just mention the other we, parts? We, okay, okay, the last I, one I want to mention. Lace and Albatross, which is in the store in Queens, New York, which is up and coming. I'm so sorry. We have, we I have, a, we have, a, we have a cruiser people. party um, Thursday nights at um, Q, um, at the Q NYC in HK, in Hell's Kitchen. They, um, you have Friday, you got Fuckboy at um, Rebar on Friday nights. Those okay, are the ones on top of my head I can think of. Um... Of course, I'm going to be coming out with the October New York um, cruising guide for all the parties and events. Um, so we'll come back on that later, um, Just those three parties, I just want to rename uh, them for you. So it's Fuck, Fuck Boy at Rebar on Friday nights, which for anyone who's visiting or doesn't know the New York City area, Rebar is more of a Chelsea bar. It normally comes down to more of a muscular crowd of sorts or it's, a it's been, it's more been of very a, mixed it's been very mixed lately because again it's, it's a new world we're all living in but from again it, it is it's still in that chelsea area where it could be that kind of crowd where a uh, code with leather and lace at albatross i feel that the outer boroughs like Astoria, queens and brooklyn you know for men visiting it's kind of very similar to a local gay Gaberhood area where it's like yes you can see men of all you you could see literally you know eagle leather men to very like you know hell's kitchen like you know femme twinks to everyone because thing 
against all the men who primarily live in Astoria, who now Astoria, Queens, for example, in Brooklyn, people now are not necessarily having to go to Manhattan because they're like, you know what, during this pandemic, our local bars have really flourished. So now that I feel like the outer boroughs, and when I say outer boroughs, I mean, even in San Francisco, like, you know, what is it called? Uh, San Francisco, I know there was a lot of like, you know, I, I only went once, but like, I've been hearing like that like, like Berkeley? What? Uh, not, I'm so sorry. I said, like, uh, like, like uh, not was it San Francisco. Because I was San Francisco. I remember we had to go from the Bay Area to the, like, yeah, uh, again, it was yeah. one trip. But, like, I've been hearing the same thing there from I have uh, some friends. Like, because you didn't think the bridge to go to Oakland and Berkeley. That was, whatever it was, she was telling me that, like, basically she lived, again, for this New Yorker, she lived, like, in the Astoria, Queens, she said, of San Francisco. And she was, like, she was telling me that now since it's happened, it's the same kind of thing that as they're slowly, like, New York opening, a lot of people have found, you know, the gay in their actual community rather than needing to go into, like, you know, uh, what is that street called that's famous in San Francisco where the main gay bars are? Oh, uh, you Castro? Yes, yes. You know, we're like, again, like she says, say me, it's kind of like Manhattan. Like, you know, back in the day, like all my Astoria friends and myself, I would never, like, it was very rare I went to Astoria gay bars. Like, all right, we're taking that train to Hell's Kitchen or Chelsea. Where now my friends who live in Astoria, and I've seen this, they're like, oh, we have no need to go to Hell's Kitchen because we're fine here at Albatross. Yeah, we're 11 laces. And then the other party that you were saying was. uh, Was Cruiser, is Q R U S E R, Cruiser at the Q. And then Cruiser at the Q. And then... And can you tell our viewers about the Q a little bit? Because it's a brand new gay bar. It's a brand new gay bar in Hell's Kitchen off of... I want to say, I haven't been, but I think we're at 80... It's like 48th Street and 8th? It's on on 8th Avenue. It's right down the street from where you used to live, actually. And it's like like two or three floors. It's it's a a pretty big building. I want to pray for them. When I say pray for them... I mean this, and this is a great transition to now is going back to the, what our nuts and bolts are about the community met, the, uh, changing. Back in the day, when I say pray for them is there's very little gay men's cruising bars left in America. And when I say America, gay cities, because the thing is our community constantly is losing its authenticity with not judgment, sexual freedoms, and all these different things that we're about to talk about today. And the thing is, Hell's Kitchen, for example, and this is why I pray for them. I pray for them from what I've heard, the very little I've heard, so I'm not there anymore, but just from all my nightlife ears to the ground, it's kind of like they're trying to bring that back, which I love so much, that apparently this cue is them trying to bring back the culture where a cruisy bar didn't have to be hidden at the Cock in the East Village or the Eagle in Chelsea or, you know, for example, here in Wilton Manors, where I am, where it's like the Ramrod and technically where I work, the Eagle, you know, those two places, you know, it's bringing it back to where, like, anywhere can be a cruisy bar. But when I talk about community uh, changing, and this is, I want you to piggyback our favorite term about this and your opinions, because you were saying this too. What I was saying was, it's the point of how the three topics, and I'm going to shut the fuck up and let Rick give his opinion about this. Back in the day, when you went to a jockstrap party, everyone was in a jockstrap. Yes. Everyone. And when I say my younger days, I mean, again, I'm only 36. I caught the tail end. The young, like, in the, like again, the great sex in the 70s. When they talk about 
these parties and they talk about gay cruising, there were thousands of men at these events, like the peers. You know, even when you see in movies, like, you know, there's so many documentaries and movies that you and me watched during the pandemic, where you would see, like, it, it was just like, it looked like the inside of a goddamn packed night at a goddamn gay sex circuit party. But the thing is, though, that what I mean by dying is now when you go to, for example, jo- a jockstrap party, half the men are not in jockstraps. Yeah. You know, and all the like, again, you know, we're, we're girls you don't want to die, die away because, you know, People need it. They they want to pay the cover charge. So it's like it's a it's a it's like you don't want the business have to make money, and they don't want to turn people away simply because they don't want to wear a job strap. So it's like it's like trying to be authentic to the theme and trying to keep that vibe and energy, but at the same time make a profit. So it's it's but, very it's it's a catch twenty two basically because it's like it's almost a defiance. Like you're gonna take my money because you need it, kind of thing. And that's what's so horrible is that when these parties were created, and I will always forever talk about these things, and so many other gay men clearly love hearing and love talking about it as well, Fire Island, like all these different places, they used to be, we used to be a community that men who didn't feel comfortable in a jockstrap or want to be in one would not go to a jockstrap party, where now it's entitlement. And when I say entitlement, not just the gay community, I feel like the world has this problem, but especially the gay community, it's the point of, you're ruining it, and I've said this again and again, we're not going to have gay spaces anymore one day, because the thing is, you're ruining these parties, but also ruining these spaces. If you don't want to go, I always says, I'd rather see a bar with a hundred people that are all real there for the party than see 200 people where half of them are literally not appreciating judging and this just there to gawk like i used to always hit the cock when i used to see the gawkers and they used to always get crazy at me i would kick out beautiful men and i would say this is not a place that i want we need your money because you ruining the ambiance and the theme and the the uh the the mood ah that was it what i was talking about is the mood it's the mood setting that mood the thing is this and this is what i mean when you go to a jockstrap party I'd rather see a hundred men who are all in jock straps, all maybe rubbing their jocks, all men who are free and love that I'm at, spending the night in my underwear, and that moves, that party is going to be amazing. With all those hundred men, it's going to be like two hundred men. But those hundred men that come now on top of that, who refuse to wear their jock strap, are making all the men who are in their jock strap feel small. And when I say small, feel uncomfortable, feel shy, feel judged, feel looked at, feel slutty, slut shame. We've talked about slut shame and we'll always talk about it, how our community has done that. And that's what great sex in the 70s we always talked about. That's where our community is changing, not the spaces, not the parties, not the, the kinks and sex, but they're washing it out because them not being the jockstrap, the difference in changes, these men now don't go back out. Like I've said about the eagle many times. When I say eagle, I'm talking about the York's eagle, here eagle, I'm talking about the cock. It used to be a place where, I swear to God, you could fucking smell. It's not like a gym's locker room because no one had deodorant on. You weren't allowed to have deodorant. Everyone was about fetish. We're now that it's being pushed out by all these men who are not chasers of fetish or not supporters. They're literally just like, I'm going to go to the Eagle and be as gay and flamboyant as possible, and I'm not about fetish. I'm not about gang. I'm wearing, actually, my Louis Vuitton um, flip-ups, shoes, and I'm wearing my hair. Like, there's nothing about fetish. They're just going to, they're like, I'm gay, I do what I want. 
and I say that voice because I've seen it and I hate these men because the thing is I'm not saying you're not welcome in my space but respect and appreciate it you're just here to joke and gawk and you shouldn't be here but because of those men the men that I just talked about now do not no longer go to the Eagle it's always we'll go for Folsom East or we'll go for that you big know, event but I'm, I don't go to the Eagle the, on a Friday night thing, anymore because the thing, the, I'll stay home what I say to that is that what we always do in that situation is that it, it goes in shifts. It's just like life is like a pendulum. It swings one way extreme and then it goes back the other. So yes. in that sense, when all those the, all the Frenchmen start leaving and become the dance club, that's when that shift is going to come because they're like, well, we came here for for the leather man and they're no longer here. Then it loses it loses its um it, it loses its um. Authenticity. Authenticity and the and the thrill of it. it. It no longer is thrilling because everybody else is doing it. So it's kind of like a trend. Also, is it loses the the. I always we, we talked about this yesterday. I know you put in your notes. Minorities in a minority. Remember yeah. when we talked about this yesterday yeah. and how we love it? Yeah. Because the thing is, and I say this again, in New York City and places like big cities, like you know, even here in Fort Lauderdale, for the majority of this country, there are a lot of gay bars compared to other places and other cities, other states. And the things we forget about, what I mean by that is, and I, I, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm real. I always say this, what I hate about, when I say hate, I don't want to say hate. What I dislike about even here in Wilton Manors is that the whole point of minorities of minorities, and especially in places where there's more than one gay bar, it's nice to know I'm looking to have kink and fetish. I want to go to the Eagle. I'm looking to have anonymous sex. I'm going to go somewhere like Ramrod or the cop. Or they work hand hand fetish but then also is i want to go out drinking and see drag queens and be fun let's go to a hell's kitchen gay bar and what i mean by that is with the cross of how we're washing it out is by us not letting bars be what they're supposed to be in certain things and i'm not saying that not everyone's welcome but again it's about the appreciation of it is that now you're going to get you wouldn't go to a goddamn drag queen women coming to watch drag queen shows in a harness jockstrap. You wouldn't go to Disneyland in a jockstrap in a harness. That's the best way to say that. You wouldn't go to Disneyland in a jockstrap in a harness. Exactly the point. Like, you know, that, that's right. Unless, unless it's one magical weekend. <laughs> sure. But what we were talking about, too, is like, you know, and I always say it's like, you know, especially every year I become more and more one of those old gays. I really mean it, you know, the older gay men and older gay community and lesbians and everything and the gay 70s movie, gay sex in the 70s, which I will watch again and again and again. If you have not watched it, watch it. What I loved about these men was they keep on saying it's not that we're sluts because we're gay. It's not that we're promiscuous because we're gay. It's about the fight that we did to have sexual freedom. But also, he did say something about this, and I say this all the time, we are a sexual minority in that, yes, that's we're what, at a gay bar. That's what brings Our minority is that we have sex with men. And what makes us a minority is there's not many of us. So that's why also, I can only speak for gay men, not so much for lesbians. But the reason why we also are more sexual is, yes, I can't get my dick sucked walking in the middle of goddamn, uh, you know, the majority of the world that's straight. So when we're gay, in gay spaces, that's why we're more promiscuous and more sexually free is because if I don't let this man look at me suck my dick now, what happens if I'm not going to be in a gay space for another two weeks? Because the world is not a gay space. 
You know, as much as people, and that's why I get so mad about when people like talk about, we talk about gay pride and things of that nature. I love supporters, but the thing is gay pride is not gay anymore. It's all straight people. It's all straight men and women holding their hands and their children. It's great you love us. It's, it's, great all, about, it's all about look at me. It's a very look at me kind of like, yes. look, I'm going to the gay pride. And it, it lost its luster um, when corporate America got involved in it. And the sponsorships, you know, it pays for a lot of things, and that's great. However, you sacrifice um, identity in that. You know, it becomes it becomes too more of a family fun weekend and see gay people parade themselves. It's like it's like become a exhibit in that sense. We're, we're zoo animals. I say this all the time. Zoo animals. They look at us like zoo animals, but also as those are the judgy ones. But the ones who love us. The whole point is that it's that freedom of. When I say freedom, it's just nice to be around everyone who goes through not only the same struggles as us, but also the same sexual struggles as us. And there's a camaraderie. Like, you know, like, I, I learned this so much being here in, in a different place. One thing about New York I never understood was, you know, in New York, all of us have the same struggles regardless if you're from New York City, if you're from Texas, if you're from Oklahoma, Ohio, Florida. We all took 45 minutes to get to the goddamn gym on a goddamn subway where a man pissed next to us. So we have a different bond. We're being in, you know, Florida. I, I not understood. So I have so many friends from Florida, from New York. It's because we don't have that bond. But I look at the gay community the same way. It's forget about sex. It's a camaraderie of being in a room with men who have all jerked off when we were 15 thinking about boys and the fear of oh my god I'm gay well here's the thing with the that fear. what you just said a lot of people can't relate because a lot of them coming out younger and younger so but even it's if not, like, it doesn't because you know what so their first time was 11 when they saw a boy and they really like we did when we were 11 but the thing the difference this is a good thing they are actually able to come out now it's still the same thing because guess what the other boys who are their age have that same feeling of having the guts to realize, oh my God, in elementary school now, I can come out and say I'm gay, but still that fear of being like, okay, once I do it, there's no going back, I'm gay. The thing is, it's nice to be around people who have experienced the same as you, but also is, like, I don't care where you live, I don't care if it's in New York City, Fort Lauderdale, even in gay cities, in gay areas, we still are a minority once we leave. Yeah. You know, because the thing is this, like, even in a gay, like, Gay, gay pride. You go to the gas station. Is the man working at the gas station gay? No, he's straight. We still are a minority. The thing is, yes, even though thousands of us have come to New York City for gay pride or Wilton Manors for gay pride or Folsom, Dagon, Dory Alley, excuse me, Dory Alley for, uh, you know, that's the primary gay one. And there's thousands more gay men than normal here. Still, even around San Francisco, the majority of the world is straight. It's like I've always said, like, you know, when people say, oh, everyone in Palm Springs is gay. Everyone in Portland. Really? Then why are there elementary schools there? And my one friend looked at me and goes, well, kids. I'm like, oh, so you're telling me that all the children have, a, have gay parents? No, because even in Palm Springs, 45% of the community is gay. Even though that's a lot, trust me. That means that still half of Palm Springs are straight people. So the thing is, we still are, yes, in Palm Springs, it's an equal oh, town. The trouble's out there. Like, come on. You know, but even here in Wilton Manors, which is the gay town. Hello, I live in a gay building. Not every single apartment is gay people. My neighbor is a straight woman. Next to that is a straight man with his child. Next to me there. And don't get me wrong, yes, there's a gay man next to that one and a gay over there. There's a lot of us in the rainbow in the building. 
But still, there are many men and women holding hands in my building. So what I'm trying to say is that even though, yes, maybe there's a lot of gay people who live in this building, it's not all gay. We're still a minority. And that's what I mean by our community not accepting the point where we were talking about with, like, girls. Like, you know, again, God knows. If anyone's heard one podcast, I'm sure every podcast I talk about girls. I love them. I love them. I love my sisters. I love women. I love them. I love them at drag queen shows. I'm never going to bring my sister to a jockstrap party. I'm never bringing my sister to the cop. I'm never bringing my sister. And when I say sister, I mean girlfriends, female friends. Because the thing is, even if they're the most coolest chick in the world, titty tassels, I'm not going to bring my girlfriend to a sex party. But the thing is this, too. Even with me saying that, when I worked at the cop, would I let my sister come in for happy hour? I worked at the cop for hours and hours and hours and hours, and I'm there. It's my home. You know what? There's a time and place I can hear see it really quick, but it's also because I work there. And you know what I'm going to say? Yeah, I run shit. Like, when I say run shit, like, well, I work here. But the thing is, I would never bring a woman there, and this is what was so funny. We were talking about this last night with my experience here in Fort Lauderdale, which is a little bit better. Back in the 70s, you would see once in a blue... You actually know you really wouldn't. In the 70s, you would never see a woman walk into the cop yeah, well, or they, Well, the thing is, they did, they did private memberships. So you couldn't just yeah. walk into a bar. You had to be a member. And I think that's what kept the authenticity of the the the, the Levi, the, the, the jeans and t-shirt guy, the tank tops and jeans and the leather guys. And it kept the flannels and jeans. Like, it kept those groups because they were members only. So but also, it it's, a, it's, a, it's a point of gray area in that. Because I say this with a woman. Is a leather woman not welcome at the Eagle? Of course she is. But even that, and I said this because, you know, listen, I'm, I'm never going to tell, I'm always going to be my true self. Hun, I understand you are a part of the community. I respect you. I'm not saying that I never want to see you at the Eagle. But still, can we have a gay man's leather space? Now, straight people, is there a straight community place for them to go? Of course there's really not. But the thing is, still, it's the point of... Back in the day, I remember growing up, once in a while I would see at the Eagle. Well, those are, those are called biker bars. They do have it. It's called biker bars. You wear leather. They do. You wear your... But the thing is, and I get it because guess what? She has leather friends. And when it comes to the leather community, it's not fetish community. It's not all gay and straight. So I get that. And they're welcome. But again, the point is that you would see one. Or the same thing that we talked about with the cock or the eagle. Or here in Wilton Manor, that experience I had with the girl who walked in. If you walk into the code bar, you have to at least be in fetish gear or topless. And girls are welcome, but you have to take your shirt off. Now, the thing is, as I said, I'm wrong. As much as I was furious, because even though she's clearly not only a supporter, but kind of a part of the bubble, the point was, the beauty of it was it was one girl. And that's the way it actually used to be where gay men, the older gays who you always hear bitching about this, like myself, don't complain. When you used to go to Splash and see one or two girls, you didn't complain because it was one or two girls. And you're like, all right, so out of a sea of 300, 400 gay men, you know, sucking dick, doing this, doing that, just dancing, just having a good time, not having sex. You saw one or two girls who were like hardcore I'm here because these are my friends. I love them. I'm supporting them. But also, I'm here to have fucking fun. Oh, some guy sucking dick. I don't even care. But we didn't mind it. Where now Splash was open, example, there would be, it would probably be all girls. And maybe one or two gay men. Same thing with our culture is that it's the men who bring them and are literally dragging Sally and Jenny. I know you love them, my fake fag head names. Dragging. Come on, Jenny. We're going to take you to the Eagle and we're going to drag you into the sex area. Or we're going to drag you into the code bar. You have to take off your top, though. Oh, my God. You're doing this for them to look at us and look at your own community people 
as zoo animals. But that's what I mean by our community changing. We're talking about how they call the police on each other. You know, back in the day, and I, you know, Daniel Ardicio, my um, spirit animal, he knows I stalk him. Um, We had him on the podcast that one beautiful time, and I loved it. Daniel Ardicio, it's very true. Back in the day, Fire Island example, gay men, like we were talking about, when you went to a jockstrap party, a nudist party, a sex party, everyone was doing it. If you were a gay man, even in the 70s, who wasn't like that, you wouldn't necessarily go, which also is a quote from gay sex in the 70s. You remember, they said even the gay men who were back then even, not as piggish, quote-unquote, or sexual, they would still be like, well, you know what, I know there's places like Julius I can go to, or there's places that I can go to that it's gay, but not maybe sexual, but then they still would have that courage every once in a while, like, I'm going to go to the Pierce tonight, oh my God, I don't care, but they went there because not to judge, not to gawk, not to, you know, oh, I'm gay, I'm going to be a pig tonight, so I'm not, you know, judging. But that's what we're talking about with the police being called. Because so many gay bars, not just in Wilton Manors, I've heard in San Francisco, I've heard everywhere. The gay bars, not only do they call each other, it's the gay community that gets outraged that they want to go into Daniel Ortiz's underwear party. And because they're not wearing underwear, he says no. And they go, fuck you, queen. I'm going to call the liquor board on you. And you're ruining it for the rest of your own people. Things like that didn't happen back in the day. Because in the back in the day, we were so proud that we were able to have a party that was open, that we were gay men in underwear. We were so proud that the thing is, even if that wasn't for you, for your body shame, you know, whatever it was, but you weren't gonna attack. Where now we live in this entitlement world where these gay men are literally calling in, and we're almost like a Gestapo, like, like, for, like, like the Nazi days. We're, we're ratting each other out. You know what I'm saying? It's horrible to me that our community is losing not only love and respect for each other, but anger and also is the entitlement of just to laugh at each other and not let us have these spaces. And that's why I say again, we're not going to have these spaces one day. We, we're going to have them. And I'll tell you why. Because... I pray. I pray. Because people need exposure. People will be exposed to things. And I always say, it's like when I discovered the black party and I discovered underwear party, I I never thought those, in my head, I never knew gay bars like that exist. But once I came exposed of it, and once I shared that, people were like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. It's like, check it out. So when I report back and I tell you the stories, it's like, it, it just, it's like, it's like one of those things like, you never forget your first black party. You never forget your first. Okay, well, party. Right, right. Can you tell our viewers just a quick Ann Lander summary? Because again, not everyone's so listening. So the black party is the annual. It's the annual fetish and leather circuit party that happens and this during the spring equinox, the celebration of spring, and it usually falls in late, uh, March or early April, and it's this. It's the annual event, and it's like it's. You only get it one time. You only get one shot of going to the party each year. So you have to like decide if you're going to engage in or not. It's producers and DJs from all over the world, um, people into fetish and leather come from all over the world, and they're theme oriented. These people take warehouse spaces. They used to work in the be uh, in the ballroom, but they take huge spaces and transform into a dreamland based on a theme, which really sets the mood. Of us, of us attendees, because they, 
in essence, follow the theme and get inspired. And they become, and the people who come to the party become the stars of the event because but they're also making it. It's all primarily about fetish. Well, again, it, it, the party was birthed about fetish I love it that you brought up the black party. I just wanted to give our viewers a summary just in case, because again, like I said, it's not that when we talk about how you and I, what's common sense to us, not to others. Yes, before I went to the black party, of course, I didn't know about it, but because I'm so a proud, sex-positive pig, I knew what the black party was when I was literally 20 years old and waiting to turn 21 to go. <laughs> but the thing is, because I heard it back, I was, like me and Rick Easel, I was so proud of our creation. And when I say Christian, Rick has done the legwork, I'm literally just assistant about our uh, subscription is there are so many men who are not like Brian Mistel and Rick Easley who when I was a kid googly searching gay sex in public gay sex clubs gay sex parties you know I'm looking for these things you are there searching. are men who literally they're standing on the street corner all of a sudden now even here in 2021 looking on their phone on a vacation where can I find gay cruising spots and that's what we're so proud of Is it? but also it's about me and Rick Easley not knowing because we're cool, not because we're pigs, because we love it. Because half of the stuff is us Googling and researching it for ourselves as well. But it's going to be so nice for that man to be like, thank you. And I'm saying this because I'm so proud of this. And I love it that me and Rick are doing this. And I really mean this. I'm so happy there's going to be some man who maybe is going to be in New York City. And there's tickets to the black party. They're very expensive, by the way. Like, they're $200. And he's literally going <laughs> to be able to be like, fuck, I bought this late night cruising subscription. And all of a sudden, there's not only showing him this party he had no idea about but showing him what it is with our subscription uh not subscription our uh what's the word i said summary but also our summaries and why people so many viewers tell me we get into it like we're not oh it's a fetish part no no bitch let me tell you about what fetish it is because and that's what we talked about too with this is why it ties into i love what you were saying about the black party that ties into again we've talked about this before it's not the black party changing it's our community that's changing. Well, I feel like it is influenced. I feel like parties like that, parties like me, brew, um, fetishes, yes, fetishes, pervert, the matinee group, uh, the European group matinee, and that pervert party. Those events really cultivate the culture, and that's why, as long as those parties around, we're going to get new and new younger pigs. That's why I, I feel like, like I, it's, it's going to take a while. In essence, that it's gonna be a more majority, but I feel like everybody finds their way because in another ten years, those same twenty twinks and young gays, and oh my God, they're not gonna be the same thing. They're not gonna they're gonna either be with families, having you know retired, just not going to bar, having a different lifestyle. So the ones that are into it, into the fetish, they're gonna remain. They're gonna get older, and guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna pass it down from next generation because in essence. I'm pretty sure they thought our group, you know, your and our generation was going to, like, let it die because we had internet, we had um, gayman.com, we didn't have to leave our house anymore, we had the internet, we had, you know, so they thought that that was going to die, and we see that that shift has changed, and, like, now we're being more connected, we're what? doing more research, we're being more um, sexually involved, but with COVID kind of shifting that, that narrative... And you see that it did shift in a way that nobody could predict it, you know? And, and I don't see it. It is opening us up again in that what you just said, too, is that when you say the younger pigs, and we used to talk about this back in the day, 
pack. The thing was, as much as the younger community is, uh, I want to say, and um, all, all the community, it's, it's, the, the gay community is becoming more judgy, and this, all these, you know, things are our bet, but there are still these young men who are, oh no, I'm horny. I want to go to the cock. I know what happens there. I'm going to do it. But also, is they love seeing the men in our age group. Me and Rick, Rick, you're uh, 40, 39, 40. 43. What is it? 43, every 44 January. You know what, Rick, let's keep you at 40, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm looking out for you there. Thank you. Um, but the thing is, our age group thing is, they, these are the men, like, I, and I will say this is a big thing in Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale, clearly it's daddy town. The men who are younger here, they, I will give, I'm giving this compliment to my new uh, home. They are, very, the younger guys are pigs and proud, and they're going to, but still there is that, and I hate James, but it's true. They do have a very big Hell's Kitchen, I call it, crowd here in Fort Lauderdale, where they want to, and it's not on purpose, but they almost are, they want to stomp on and ruin the gay community. I used to always say this, like at the cock, or the eagle, or the black party. When you would see that homosexual man, not Studio 54 style, but walking in the middle of a gangbang, dancing for attention, honey, know your audience. No one thinks you're cute. No one thinks you're funny. It's the entitlement of, if you want to dance, hon, go to therapy, go to industry bar. These are New York City dancer gay bars. Here in Wilton Manor, if you are at one of these places, and honey, go to Alibi, go to Hunter's. But these men, it's almost not only entitlement, but what I mean by stamping on is they think that they, uh, like it's, it's, it's this weird obsession with them of wanting to be obnoxious and wanting to be like, I do what I want. And again, like the thing is, but they have no respect. You know, this is, I told you that story the other night at the uh, Eagle, which this is not illegal, this is not sexual. There was a demonstration which happens at Eagles everywhere, which demonstrations are allowed to happen literally in the street. Um, like, you know, whipping or, you know, flogging. There's so many fetish kinks that can be done in a G-rated setting that is completely, absolutely, you know, you, a police officer can never say you have to stop. So this man was doing a demonstration with, uh, like, very light flogging, which there's nothing dirty, there's nothing sexual, it's not any kind of fetish, it's a demonstration. And this homosexual gentleman of a younger age that I'm talking about, like this other ones, the ones that, you know, these places, literally walks over to not only discredit and humiliate, but be loud, obnoxious, and funny, and go over, oh my God, oh my God, Richard. And also the man did he threw with the, the, the Dom man literally attacked him because again it's a whole thing of this this man is in his you know uh, circle of comfort in, in real fetish scenes and they did they left but I looked at the guy and he was like you know the flamboyant one I said you just ruined it I said because the thing is that really was setting not only the tone and the mood but also is those are things that are a part of our community that are never just shown. And it wasn't sex. It wasn't like, you know, it was hot too, by the way. They're beautiful men. And you have to always be attention <laughs> grabbers yeah. and loud and discrediting everything. And that's why I talk about how our community has changed when we were saying about like the black party. It's it's not the black party. They're still saying this amazing theme, but the thing is, like I said, I always tell that sort of my first black party. When I walked in there, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I came 11 times in fucking seven hours. Because everywhere you turned was someone fucking stripping someone or fantasies, fetish, diapers, role play, like g g grabbing someone. Like, like and oh there's God, the crazy no shit. bones allowed. That's I the, know, exactly. That's the chef kiss of, of, just, of just not, just no bones allowed. So you have to be in the moment. 
You have to live in the moment. There's no taking pictures. There's no texting. You have the the no phone is is, is everything. Like you can't. I I can't well, stress enough how much I've had so much. Like I literally I I tell you know me. I shut down the black party. I left to the point where I left in the afternoon because people don't realize it starts like at 10 p.m. until the afternoon the next day. Yeah. And that's why the ticket price pays for what it is because you're basically going for two parties. And there's a lot of it in it. It's not 200 but at the same time, how many times do you pay $60, $80 for a party that's only like five or six hours? Well, it's still, it's your... And so, like, it's like, in essence, like, there's parties that, like, that's half the time, a third of the time, and you're paying close to that price, if not more. Especially well, why the black party is so wonderful, which is going to, a great tie-in to us talking about Wholesome. Um, the black party, the reason why they get away with this, and when I say get away with this, because they're, they're literally, they, they're, the party is always thrown at a venue that is rented out. So the thing is, there's different laws and loopholes for certain every state about what is allowed to happen. So the reason why this sexual thing could happen is because it's a private event and it's rent, so that's why the alcohol is in a way, I, again, I don't know the exact, exact, but that's the loophole why it's allowed, but the no phones is our loophole into Folsom, which we've spoken about in the past, but since Folsom is happening uh, pandemic style, um, when I say pandemic style, I mean like, you know, I'm sure this, I haven't really researched and seen all the videos, I've seen a few pictures from friends, but you know, like I, I'm someone personal that I don't want to really go to any of these events for my first time during the pandemic. I want to wait till we're out of the woods and that I want to really, especially Folsom, which I'm a fetish person, I want my first Folsom to be this magical experience, of course. You know, because Fort Lauderdale clearly is a no-COVID land. Apparently it never happened here, other than like small clusters of gays. But when you're talking about the no phones, the reason why the black party is still has authenticity of the gay community being original is when no one has their cell phones, there's that sexual freedom of, for example, we're talking about that dominant man who's so humiliated about his actual fetish, there's no one to take a picture of it or see it. So he can do it over at Folsom, like Rick has taught me, and so many people have taught me. The whole reason why Folsom is literally every year downsizing, and, you know, uh, Dory Alley, and so many, because of technology with phones, back in the day it used to be, forget about men in the closet, or straight people who were in the closet, now the only people having sex or doing anything sexual or you know being naked or you know i don't know trying to play in the street are people like myself who are already all over the internet naked on only fans just for fans who do porn these things all these other people are so terrified that someone's going to tape it and they're going to be all over twitter you know, or even like the it's so funny well, that's, I, I why, do a lot of porn that's why you see uh, people don't is a little little tip uh, that's why a lot of people wear wearing their black mask and wearing sunglasses yes they, they wear it in disguise, so you might not, they might still engage in it, but trust me, they're going to be in sunglasses, a hat, a mask, even a, I recommend a wear, being a pup. That's the best, I know it's a that's funny, the best the pups, hood. Which they're a little bit more free, I've seen, so I have a lot of, uh, and, and when I say a lot of, I do, I, lo- I love, I do have a fascination, I don't really understand if I, what my kink is with a dom or top, uh, or dom or sub, but I love the whole I really come into the chastity world. We were talking about this last night. I actually just did the film where I came on this guy's chastity cage, and I really do enjoy it because it's the deeper meaning of the fetish. But anyway, the point is, so many pups 
and the diaper it, it's it's open up like now like abdl which is you know adult diaper play is now a pop thing too but the point is you used to find so many more videos of submissive abdl pops or abdl just subs like for example having their diaper changed in the middle of the street or the humiliation aspect where now even with the mask there's such a fear because it's true every time you see one of these videos what do you see you see 75 people around them filming. Yeah, yeah. You know, but even with the porn guys, and I always say this too, like when you look at Folsom, when you, type, when you type in like Folsom or any, or, or, you know, I'm sure I haven't been yet, but I'm very excited about Key West. You know, these are all things that now we're back. We're, you know, bringing back Key West has them or New Orleans, New Orleans has, uh, you know, of course, uh, Mardi Gras, you know, uh, uh, decadence. The thing is, there used to be that more freedom of men, women, you know, these things have straight parts as well, of course. Uh, being sexually free, where now it's the point of these people who have the cameras out are not a part of the bubble. They're actually like the gays I speak of, who are the gawkers. They're literally walking around Folsom in jeans, a t-shirt, with their cameras out just to videotape people. But the thing is, with that, when you type in Folsom or any of these events, what comes up? You're just seeing all the pigs like Brian underscore Thick Bear, Rory are on OnlyFans, Just For Fans, where you're finding all the guys from kink.com who do porn, they're the only ones, or even with the straight ones, because, you know, I, I do everything. I'm not bisexual. I love men. I love dick. I just want that out there. But I love the straight community, and I appreciate their sex with kink as well, because it also is their majority. So a majority of gay fetishes, you can't find them in the gay community online. So in a way, we have to live through the straights. But anyway, the point is, when you go to look, you don't see real people. I, I you see the I, female I, males who already do porn. They're the ones who are out there doing it, and that's it. You don't see that hot guy with his wife him like literally dragging her by the puss you know like by a chain I, I think i i think with the technology they do at concerts now you know how you have the phone in the case i think that's going to be the future of a lot of um venues to protect their to protect their brand because like i said they're going to figure out something when it starts really affecting their attendance people stop going they're going to figure out technology they're going to make a way where you're like either you get no service or you can't record anything or they will have monitors where you cannot record. Because if they get well, I think people will still go because, like you just said it best. You know, when it comes like the Black Party, for example, which they, they really are. I want to give them that credit. There's a lot of parties that do this. The Black Party is the big, I I remember they they were the biggest one. They have a separate bag for your cell phone. Like if they're on it, you're not. There's no way to sneak it in. You or sex parties where you have to obviously go in fully, you know, naked or whatever. But um, what I was saying was, and what you were saying, is that with these venues like Folsom, everyone, like I'm, I mean, again, I'm different. I'm always going to go because I don't care. And also I'm already on there. But there's so many men who are always still going to go. It's just that now the difference is they're still at Folsom. They're still giving their money. They're still community, you know, uh, part, uh, uh, supporting. But that man who now is in his 50s, for example, or 60s, I'm trying to think of the right age. So I'm saying it wrong. I know I'm doing the wrong math. That man who basically before iPhones was literally stripped naked on a cross, getting uh, vibrators put on his dick, and being edged for CBT is now just a Folsom walking around in jeans and being a part of it more as a voyeur and only playing when he's in the private sex space of the, the sex parties in the area. Even though he's still hot, even though he's still playing, the difference is that freedom of public exposure, public uh, exhibitionism, and, and that, that, that's what I mean by, it's not just our community, it is communities, with, that's the sexual community, 
changing, you know, and, and I, I always say this too, I'm not scared to be proven wrong or be called a hypocrite, but you know, even as I talk about Folsom, I sound so hypocritical because I said it twice now. I am so big into gay and straight community when it comes to fetish mixing. And when I say into it, it's because again, and I'm kind of saying this, fetish men, I've seen many, and there's been many times where I have climaxed around heterosexual, and I say real, heterosexual men in a fetish setting, and they have climaxed around me. When you look at swingers, which I've been to swinger parties, I love them. Swingers, they're all so like, how do I say this? I, I know it's gonna sound so wrong, and again, I have to really work on and process this, because I'm sure that's not what I really wanna say. It's almost like I feel like I'm in a house of old school 1970s, 80s, 90s, you know, early 2000s, gay, sex positive people, because when you go to swinger parties, those straight men, they're gay men, straight men, straight women, there's literally, the, gay, the straight men there don't, if a man grabbed their dick as they're making out or eating a pussy, and I know I'm so sorry for our viewers who are very anti-woman, the thing is, it's not that they're bisexual, it's not that they're gay, they're like, cause I actually, there's an experience I was at where the man, he was very funny, this gay guy kept my grabbing, he's like, I told you I don't like that, I'm not into it, please stop. But he was fun about it, and then at, at the end he goes, how's this after like instead of coming on her i'm gonna come on you but the point is even with that that's how i feel very comfortable with the kink community when i think of Folsom, again any man or woman who i see there it's not the same feeling as when i see again like i said that fag head or even that supporter trying to come into the black party or trying to come into a gay man shockstrap party or also i'm going to say too those women of fetish i do love them when i see them and they're the only one like even though they're with other men of leather i'm like yeah, but I really want to be in a gay space. But again, the point of the story is it's about going to a pansexual environment like myself. I'm open to it. When I walk into Folsom, my first Folsom, I know I'm going to an area that I'm going to see male doms and female doms. I'm going to see female subs and male subs. I'm going to see straight male, straight subs, gay subs. You know, I'm, I know I'm walking into this, but I accept it, but also same as those. They know they're walking into a space, straight or gay, man or woman, where, yes, we do know there's a lot of gay men, for example, who come here, and I'm gonna probably see a gay guy being dragged by his dick by two other men, and then them sucking it, you know, as they all crowd around, but they're accepting it. So when I'm in that space, and this is what I mean by that, where everything's gray, I, as much as I say that, when I'm at the Eagle or some gay sex space, I'm blowing a man, and all of a sudden a woman creeps up behind me, even if she's a woman that I would see at Folsom, it's like, why are you here, hon? <laughs> That's what I mean by very great. <laughs> it's still working out and still processed. Like I said, we all know my stories. We've heard my stories. There have been many women who have been blessed. When I say blessed, blessed because I have opened up. And it was a men-only night. We all know this on Tuesdays. And I, there were many women that I have, when I say make the exception, it's not that I'm God, they came to me and I just thought it was beautiful. We used to have those lesbians used to walk around and they would trust me. You know, I, I mean, in this movie that I saw about this place, I think, again, sex never happened at the top, never. But in this movie I saw, quote unquote, um, there were these two lesbians in the movie that were walking around this gay space, fingering themselves, watching these gay men have sex. Not one gay man complained, because when they were doing this, and they saw a woman, but they saw the woman was literally in pure ecstasy watching them. They didn't mind her, the female dom. We always talk about that man. God, I still talk to him to this day. It's disgusting. I love it. She walked around with this beautiful Adonis of a man chained up and literally walked him to every man, and we had 200 men there that evening, and said, this is my slave. 
you may do with him as you please touch his dick use his mouth do this i uh -huh. remember this movie again this movie of these 200 men there this movie that i saw and the point of this movie and this woman was for someone who you hear me speak this is what i mean about gray area and that woman came up to me and literally dropped the trench coat of this beautiful man in this movie and she said, I'm a woman, but look what I have to offer you. Not only did that person who, who I was playing in the movie laugh hysterically, but it was the hottest thing to see this beautiful man, completely vulnerable, exposed, and like, you know, it, it was beautiful. But the thing is, it, there's always a gray area of differences, is what I'm trying to say about that. But with our community changing, and I'm not trying to sound cocky, but there used to be more, our community like, used to be more my level and page. I'm not saying I'm right. We're, we're, we're going to be a, that beacon of hope, that light that they see that says, come to us, come to New York, come get people, come be your true, slutty, nasty self. And I, but, you know, I, I, well, I do want to say, though, too, because I always, I always like to defend myself. When I to defend myself, because I hear the words come out of my mouth and how they sound. I'm not saying you have to be a slut, and I'm not saying you have to be about sex, but, like, I don't judge or mock you, don't judge and mock us. You know, and that's what I mean by these spaces and our communities changing is that if you don't want to have sex, I'm not making you have sex. Life's not all about sex, but don't go to Macy's if you're looking to eat food. Macy's clothing well, store. Macy's I'm very about that. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, you don't, you don't go to, uh, you don't go to Chanel for a knockoff. Like, you yeah, know, you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's like, it's really like if you want the real thing, you don't go there. You're like, if you want a knockoff, like you don't go to Chanel, go to Canal Street. Even with our life changes, that I feel like a lot of us have changed. I've changed. We've talked about, you know, my, I watch The Secret. I, I follow Buddhists. I'm very, you know, I, I look at it life differently. I really always say this, even myself, I put myself in other shoes and really think of my actions and my beliefs. And I, I say this again, I keep on trying. Whenever there's something that I don't agree with, I constantly try to see the other side. Like, you know, my biggest red flag, girls. I constantly pretend like I am a woman who loves gay men and I with them. I, I try to feel those emotions of if I'm a woman, like I, I have many girlfriends who are fag hags. My best friend Mary, I, she has no, other than her husband, which I don't understand how he fucks her, because I say, oh my God, I'm like, how does a straight man talk to you? She's literally never had anyone other than her husband. Everyone's been gay around her life. The point is, she's like Liza Minnelli, I swear. The thing is, I try to picture my friend Mary and I, I see that side, my friend Mary, she only liked to be with gay men. We were her only friends. And when I say only friends, she loved us and we love her. But on a Friday night when we used to, we, I used to drag her. We never dragged her to a gay sex club. And I always say that because I bring it up to her. We used to drag, bring her to gay dance clubs where, again, she was, trust me, she was one out of literally, like, you know, one out of every, maybe there's like 15 girls in the whole club out of hundreds. We're now, and then she even, she says, and this is what I love about my best friend. When she went to Fire Island, her last time going, she goes, wow, it sucks here. I said, what? She's a woman. She goes, when I used to come here, she goes, I'm saying this, I used to be the only one. She's like, you used to be like me or you'd see one other girl. And I'm like, oh, shit, girl, you're another VIP. She's very funny, clearly, big fat hag. And she's my age, 36. She goes, now, this is not a gay place to me. She goes, because the thing is, it's not just me and that other girl anymore in the crowd of hundreds of gay men. It's hundreds of girls mixed in. And they're not me. She goes, and she's always saying she's she's a real true. They're really trying she's to like, I'm, fire out she's, I'm supposed to be here. here. I'm funny. She's like, I'm funny. I'm loud. She's like, I love it. She's like, I'm not looking. I, she's like, these other girls who are here are literally, they're showstoppers instead of adding to the fun. 
But anyway, the point is, they try, yeah, I, mean, I feel like that they tried to change Fire Island and rebrand it into like a Marcus Vineyard or some shit like yes. that. But even with that, I'm trying to say this, and I mean this with all gay men, because like, trust me, as much as I, I try every day, every podcast we do, to be nice about it, there are gay men who are very cruel about it. Like We've all seen the gay man who are like, I don't want to see a woman in any spigot. Like, what kind, like, I've even had gay men attack me back in these days. I'm talking about the two girls. I've had gay men come over to me and how dare you bring a girl to Fire Island. And I'm like, we're in Cherry Grove watching a drag queen show. What do you mean? You know, but the thing is, I, I always say this, we have to really open up to looking at the changes and teach the, I feel, these younger communities what it used to be like. You know, like we talk about with the jockstrap parties. Jockstrap parties used to be everyone in a jockstrap. It's not about us being all sluts and being pigs. It's that we go to a jockstrap party, we're going to a jockstrap party. And, you know, it, it ties into two with Folsom, which you were talking about. Have you heard anything about uh, Folsom, how it went? Because it's done, right? It already happened. Yeah, it was this past weekend. Have you heard about what was the differences in with Folsom I heard during it, it was the pandemic a, in a way? Well, the thing is, a lot had to do with their California laws. With they have to, even if you have to, you have to still wear a mask in the venue, even if you are vaccinated. Whereas here in New York, if you're fully vaccinated, you show proof, you don't have to wear your mask. So that yeah. I think kind of hindered it. Plus, um, you know, we're still in COVID, so the attendance they said a lot. It wasn't as many. Um, uh, tourists there, so I wouldn't go. My, um, again, this is this is my opinion. I could for me. Yeah, there was probably to tourists like more locals. It was like, oh girl, I seen your hole already. It was like, no. You, like, you know what? That, that happened to decadence, uh, Southern decadence. They canceled it, but then like last minute something happened that they rehad it happen. The thing was, all these things that we're talking about. So many, not only myself, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm vaccinated. I'm all about the cause, and I know this sounds very odd, but my thing is. If I had to go to a dance party and wear a mask, when I say dance party, I mean clearly Folsom sex party, to me it's not worth it. It's like Disney World. Disney World is back to the rules of you have to wear a mask indoors, but outdoors you can't. And my thing is, I said to my friends, because I've been to Disney, obviously now they're back in Florida, we're all a big Disney fan. Um, with Disney, it's not that I'm against it, but my thing is this. One, I'm going to say these are opinions, but do you think thousands of people on top of each other in a space wearing masks is safer than without. What I'm trying to say by that is, it's kind of like I said about like so many things. If we're all on top of each other, baby, we're already gonna get it. I'm not saying that it's good or bad, but as we're, the world's starting to come back to what it used to be, I feel that some of these things are hypo uh, hypocritical. Like, like Disney, I love my Disney. When you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the Magic Kingdom not wearing a mask outside, but then we're wearing masks, what's the point? Yeah, and then too, especially if you're allowing people who, if, especially you don't know if they're vaccinated or not. Because you know, you're not, you're not screened for that, right? You, my best friend is that you can't live in fear, but you can't live in ignorance. And what I mean by that is we're at this point where in the world, not just America, but the world, people are just like, you know, we have to move on. We're going to have to, like, you know, get the vaccine, like, you know, whatever you are. But the thing is, it's kind of like the point of like, well, if I'm going to be around thousands of people, vaccinated or not, clearly I'm putting myself in, you know, I can't live in fear. I got, I, we got to do something. We got to go out. We got to see it. But also, let's not be ignorant here. I am in a packed place. I could get, it's like me going out tonight. Like I said, I still live a life of, you know, for the most part, other than the gym and going to work, you know, I, I try not to go out for fun because I'm like, well, let's not live in fear, but let's not live in ignorance. If I can't work for two weeks, I'm fucked. But I also say this though, too. 
we have to live. But when I say ignorance, if I go to Ramrod tonight and be a disgusting, dirty pig, when I get home, I'm going to go to sleep and when I hit my pillow say, there might be a small chance that there might be a touch of COVID inside my body right now on top of semen. Point of story. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, but uh, I find that issue. But also, you know what? I know where we have to wrap up and we're, we'll bring it up for next time. But I really want to close out with something very important that you brought up to me. I want us to talk about black men's sex parties that are really blowing up. And like we talked about minorities, a minority, you know, newbie and dukes, we've supported them because I love them and, you know, their battles with the privileged white men who are trying to, remember when they were trying, like they were getting crazy because they wouldn't go. I'm like, how, I'm so sorry, how dare a group of men who are gay, who are also black gay men, would like to have just one night in this white world that they can have just a black gay man party. Because the reason why I support them, like I said, like it's like me. Excuse me that I want to have one night where everyone in this sex club is a dirty pig. So I look at it the same thing of minorities. That's like, it's the kind of thing of that it's not about minorities in a negative way. It's There's also a thing called being uh, the gain and empowerment of us as a minority and our minority pride that I think what's wrong with having knights be proud to be we are black gay men what what's wrong with that what's wrong with men saying i want to have a night where we are gay disgusting pigs covered in cum no what's wrong with us being minorities or minorities richard take the mic <laughs> <laughs> so there's a party going on uh when i was doing my research i found a lot of parties in dc um there was there's one that's um pansexual they have bi nights Straight, gay, um But it's a black gay sex party. Yeah, but I think that right. I think they're more open. But it, okay, it, so, it, so it's, it's, it's black owned. It's, it's black owned. It is it's black owned. Um there was butt naked decent. That's been doing a lot of parties in DC. Uh, Atlanta has a players club. I'm just reading this off the top of my head because I don't have my screen up. Like it's on my Twitter account, which is on my phone, which Brian's <laughs> um I'm FaceTiming with Brian if he didn't we didn't say that. Um, so, but, so, so, uh, so they're all they're, they're on late night cruising's Twitter. Yeah, yeah, under the uh, sex party page. So I'm going to kind of delve into it and expand more on certain ones, but a lot of some of them are going to be repeated, uh, be repeats on other pages, just so I can categorize and make it easier, so that if somebody just wants to know exactly what these are, they ain't got to figure out and uh, do the guesswork of which one is which. Um, and that's a lot, um, like. For what I say about the website too, um, oh, there was another party that just opened this by me that I want to check out. It's called Uptown Freaks, and they um, they have one segment uh, of the night where they call it um, uh, "Smoke and Stroke," and so you can smoke weed and jerk off. It's a no sex party. It's a it's a masturbation. Um, and that's another thing too I want to bring up. I, I, I've been known a lot like more um, bait party. party, more bait parties. I've been known a lot of more bait parties popping up, where it's just strictly, I love that. just strictly hand jobs or like blow buddies NYC, which is strictly oral. So oh, a lot that. of diversity options are coming up, like New York Jacks, LA, uh, LAX Jacks. So it's going to be a lot of parties and a lot of links. And, but like I said, I'm getting ahead of myself. 
Uh, I usually wrap it up to where like over, we're like an hour and a half now. Okay, so, <laughs> but listen, it's okay because this is our first one back. You know, we had a lot to discuss yeah. and more. But me and Rick, and I really mean this because I think that a lot of the change in me, and I can only speak about myself personally, and Rick, me and Rick, you know, we have this bond about this, and it's more now because, like I said, I really, I, I've made a very big life change. Not trying to be all hippie, but it's great. But the thing is, we really have a passion and love for this, and the thing is. Uh, the podcast, we will be back next week, and we're going to be yeah. doing, our podcast is going to be a little bit more, uh, like I said, all you can do when you fall, like I always say, like the secret, so many different people I've heard, when you fall, all you can do is get up. I yeah. feel like this is a better version of who yeah, we, we are as late now. night cruising. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're going to be doing, really be more on top of our week, so things like next week, I really want to talk more about our opinions and others' opinions of the bait parties, but before we close up, as we're closing up, uh, I want Rick just to say it again. about the website and checking that out but also is we really want people we said this always we love and want people to message us because the things I say message us the other pigs think about this and that's what I mean by we do this because we love it I said this to Rick as we were talking all I kept on saying we were were envisioning this subscription is how would Brian Maselli and Rick easily pay and why would we pay $4.99 for this app, which by the way, squirts 15, like all these money gangs. We're not, we're really, I hate saying we're not doing this for money. What would make me do it? Because you know why? Me and Rick easily have spent three hours trying to find these sex parties that are common sense to us now when we talk about them to other men. They're like, what party? I've never heard of that. When I say glory holes, and men look at me like I have three heads in New York City, and I'm like, you live in New York City, you've never been to a glory hole. Because Brian and Rick, we are, when I say pig, sex positivity, proud. We've done the work and we found these places, but I didn't find them overnight. I didn't find it on accident, except for the one in Chelsea. That literally was. I saw like 10 gay men walking at a time in a second club. I mean, a glory hole, and I was like, well, clearly something's happening. But even that, I was lucky to be walking in Chelsea at 6 o'clock one afternoon and was like, shit, something's going down. But what I'm saying by our viewers is, me saying that exact story, which Rick, I would love, you know, we're going to do this, put it up there, because I. That's one of the glory holes that's on our subscription on 8th Avenue. It's not a secret. Um, the thing is, I would love if I would have found that email that night that I was literally sitting there for two hours on Scrap Grinder, Googling, you know, when I was a young sprout, and would have seen a comment, glory hole, 8th Avenue, this store, walked by one six o'clock late at night, 15, 20 men there at a time, go in there. So that's what I mean by to our viewers, anyone who's on our prescript, who already has subscribed to us or is subscribing to us, please write comments on places that you've actually been to. Please write, and I'm saying this, you can not only message Late Night Cruising's Twitter, you can personally message me, Brian underscore Thick Bear, or Rick, you know, with uh, all the Late Night Cruising things, but also even like, because I would love for you to be like, hey, I live in this small town or this big town that's not maybe gay, there's actually a sex store that I go to that's amazing. Because you know what? We would love to add it. That's that's what, I mean, again, I, you know, Rick, yeah. what did you want to like say about the, your website, this child, this uh, thing that I'm obsessed with that you have created? I just want to just uh, emphasize that I do it for the culture. Like, I know people yes. use that as a cliche, but that's why I did it. I wanted, and it, make it real quick, but it was, I was, going to underwear parties that I discovered on my own through, through research. And I'm like, well, well, it's not, this is not listed in HX and Next Magazine, which were gay rags during that time. And I'm like, because of sex, but I'm like, but I still want to go to these parties 
that's in the magazine, but I also want to go to these underwear parties and I want to go to the black party. So why not marry those two so that you don't have, so we don't have to like have a, a book in one hand and a phone in the other, trying to find out where to go at night. I love that. It's, one, it's all in one spot, it's all in one place, it's organized, and then two, it's visual. We put the flyers up there. I can't get nothing if I had to constantly click on a link or it doesn't... Also, Rick, it's like you said, because, and I want our viewers to hear this, we're going to talk about this again. When you first had said it to me, I was like, oh, God, what are people going to pay, pay four nine nine for? You know, I, I felt like, like, it's like me with OnlyFans. Like, I feel grimy. When I first saw it, I was like, God, it's almost like I'm asking you for money. But I'm like, I'm not asking you for money. I love showing my body and showing my dick and doing this. But also, yes, I do it for the money, but I also do it because of the love of it. But with this, it's a little bit different because when we said what would make Rick Easley and Brian Maselli get this, what we're saying is this. It's not about us making money. It's about what we're basically this was made for us. Yeah, this was made. This was made. I want every second that I talk about this. The reason why I'm so excited and so happy and so proud of this is that I wish I found this site because we're going to have on there, for example, I used to find, we were saying this last night about Sniffies, which we didn't talk about, we'll talk next time. There was Sniffies, uh, Adam for Adam, all these sites that I remember back in the day before Grindr, before, uh, you know, Scruff, before, you know, the world got less underground and more like, you know, everything was public. And I used to find the most amazing sex parties on Adam for Adam because the thing is, I remember it was an accident. I found them. I remember that was my first time going to these underground sex parties that you only found because it was by invite only, you know, with GBE, like we were talking about. And uh, we were talking about, like, all the Midtown sex parties that even me and Rick, that, again, to us were common sense, that others did, had no idea about. That's why the site's made, because there are men out there who don't know the parties that we talk about on these podcasts, like we said, are real. There are men out there who don't know that there's literally a man named Dante who does a party where you send him a picture of your face and your dick, and yes... It kind of, it, this is one thing, it, it is being uh, screened, because again, the party is a theme and is a type. We're all beautiful, but again, and I say this too, you know what, one man's yucks, another man's yum, you know what, almost, God bless, you know what, if I'm not invited, it's fine, the thing is, how hot is it when you get that email, and I've gotten that email, that you, and I've also gotten the email that I was not invited to the party, but the thing is, the excitement of going to this secret uh, party, like that daytime party I'll talk about next time, Dante's, or it was in the uh, Lexington daytime uh, Oh, Dimitri, you talk about Dimitri's party Yes, yes, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm trying to cut us off, again, this is our first podcast back, so that's why, but like, just to let the viewers understand what my really meaning and feeling, when I say me I'm speaking because I'm so loud and obnoxious and I over talk Rick and we laugh about it but Rick has the same stories and we talked, about, we talked for six hours last night I'm just Great. really excited uh, this lunchtime party was my first time seeing that secret society when I had the invite only, you know, every, when I say invite only, the only people who knew about the party were the people who got the invite, who knew was, and when I rang that doorbell and I walked in and saw this secret room where you got fully naked and then I went up the stairs and I saw 300 men from at one o'clock in the afternoon on a fucking Wednesday, literally sucking, fucking, playing, straight men, get all the, like, it's not a talent, it's not a, oh, it's a, it's so nice to be around men who are here to come, have fun, no judgment, it's in, it's out, it's done. And the thing is, there's so many men who, and I say this in the most humble way, there's so many men who have never had the blessing to see what Rick Easley and myself and so many others, like those three, we, there's so many men who have never 
heard of this or seen this or knew it existed from going on our site again even though trust me maybe you won't get maybe they won't email you back but now you know about a party that you would have never found on google you would have never or if you did find it like i said me and rick we, we, we're not lying to anyone trust me the majority of our it's one all in one place Yes, I'm sure if you spent, we said it last night, if you spent four hours in your hotel room in New York City or in Wilton Manors or wherever you are, I'm sure, yes, a lot of things you can find. The thing is, and this is why we say our, our quote, Rick, we, I, I pay us to Google where sex is. Because the thing is this, even like I said myself, even though everything that I'm saying I know about where I found and I could find, again, I'd rather wish, I wish... I could have found one stop, everything at once, than the three hours that I would literally be sitting there searching for a glory hole or sec- sitting in Central Park after work one night when I used to work at Jekyll and Hyde, New York City, being, when I was a young fan, being like, God, it's a Wednesday and I'm horny. I don't, I don't want to go to Splash. I don't want to go to Eagle. It's slow or whatever. And like, look, but also, I'm going to say, too, sometimes I just want to have sex. Well, sometimes I don't want to go and have a drink. If this is the afternoon, Bars ain't open. What are you going to do? So, so, that's what I'm trying to say. I, that's what I'm trying to explain to not only the viewers, but me and Rick, you know, we're talking to ourselves about this too. Because it makes it, every time we talk about it, it's making it better for us to understand. It's the truth that it's not just about that. But I'm going to say, like, with me, it's a ramrod. And again, no sex happens there. Wink, wink, nothing happens there. But sometimes, like tonight, I just want to come. I don't want to go do the whole walk-in, get a drink, cruise. Some place want, again, I'm going to say it, like, you know, I'm going to count that boot tonight. I just want to walk into a room, shoot my load, and be home in 20 minutes. Or during the day. Sometimes I don't want to wait to go to a sex party. Like the glory holes. It, I love and miss them so much. I love sometimes at 3 o'clock just being like, let me just pick my head in. Walking in 20 minutes, sucking two dicks, getting my dick sucked, shooting a load, and be like, oh, now I can go to the gym. Or, you know, but anyway, that's the point. So we're going we're gonna to hang up because God knows between my loud, obnoxious mouth, yeah, we'll so, talk for uh, hours. So thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you check us out at latenightcruising.com. You can see links to our other pages. We're going to have a lot more updates as far as um, products and merchandise and um, more in store for us. Like, we got a lot of things we're in the works of making happen and really yeah. bringing, you know, late night cruising to... Um, to your home, to your city. So on that note, we love you. Bye. Uh, we talk to you later, okay? All right. All right, everyone. Have a great week. We'll see everyone next week. Go be a pig. Bye.